Oh, by the way, uh, who knows we'll actually start recording this, like start the actual podcast this time, because Shannon was like, you guys should uh, maybe think about editing out the beginning part next time. <laughs> That's real so, uh, real I, gentle. Thank you. Well, it was very kind. It, she was very kind with her with her feedback. No, yeah, um, I, I was not entirely sarcastic. Yeah, so... What so I'm concerned with what the podcast is supposed. To, I mean, what we what we want it to to become, right? Because let's let's back up for the benefit of our, our listenership, as it were, uh, who have no idea. First of all, very basically, I haven't said your name this entire podcast. We are we well. Are, it's in the title, but are you thinking that they're confused as to which one of us is which? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely possible. I, I, I would like that. This uh, it's a lot of mystery, except that our listeners know us. But that's not fair. Uh, no, I actually uh, I can anecdotally provide evidence of three people who do not know who the hell you are uh, that was that have listened to the podcast. Well, if they know my brother, I sound exactly like him. If that helps, you know, um, it's another person that they I'll can possibly ha- know. I'll have to check. That does. I mean, statistically, that you know, that's infinitely more chances. than zero. Yeah, double double chances. Yeah. Um, I, I took statistics uh, twice at a junior college. So um, <laughs> that's the no well, outstanding thing I've ever heard about you, Cam. Yeah, yeah. I took. <laughs> that's right, Brock. There we go. So there we go. first, I don't. I don't. Uh, I actually took it once at the junior college, and it was. It was, uh, and then I took it once at, at Liberty University, which is a lot like a junior college. Um, yeah, so uh, that's right. It's like shooting fish in a uh, overfunded barrel. Um, so I, we we haven't said each other's names. Uh, we haven't given any sort of a, a sort of plot structure, uh, any sort of uh, framework as to why we started a podcast. Other than I make some snarky, snarky comments online about like uh, how we have been meeting to for thirty years or something, so, uh, so I what I what we did what I've what I've done this week in a in a sort of flailing effort to give this thing some sort of structure. Uh, first of all, I'm gonna try to remember to say your name toward the beginning, uh, and if we want, we can also spend about ten minutes talking about how I personally. Uh, feel strange saying people's names to them, even though I know it's a very like uh, uh, people like hearing their own names. It's it's you know step one on the ways to get uh, what's the um, you know every business Influence book or whatever. Right, people yeah, and that's win things is that's I right. believe the title of the book. Yeah, the step one is uh, why are you afraid to say people's names to them? But for some reason I don't. I don't. I always feel weird. There's always a non-zero chance in the back of my head that I got their. I'm going to have their name wrong. Uh, uh, okay, not your you know, name. Well, we'll we'll see. Uh, <laughs> it's a good point. I I admit I can't think of a time when somebody used my name explicitly, and I didn't have like some kind of mild, like dopamine response. Like I think. Uh, but it can be that power play. People try to like overuse a person's name to increase the perceived familiarity. And that's like goes from nice to dangerously creepy really fast. Yeah, it, there's a there's a point. So 
I've been thinking about this a lot this week because I was trying to remember, well, of course, I was trying to remember to say your name at the beginning, and then I realized that what was probably going to happen is I was going to end up trying to figure out, you know, on, on air here why this is such an issue. Um, but I really feel like there's, a, there's, an, in, there's an increasing familiarity line. Uh, at a certain point, you know someone well enough where you just go, hey, and they go, hey, and you're good. Right. And then, but there's, uh, so there, there is a, as you get to know someone, you got this familiarity line that increases where you don't, you eventually know them well enough that you don't need to say their name and the necessity of saying their name decreases. So the idea that like, uh, saying someone's name to them increases familiarity only gets you to like the point in that curve where there's two lines meet on their way past one another. Are you seeing this graph with me? This sort of, yeah, I do, you know? Like it looks like XKCD in my head. So, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. It's a, it's a, um, there's a marker graph showing these two lines, and the best that you can do if you are seeking to build familiarity with someone by saying their name is to get to like the midpoint of that graph, and at that point, at least the way that I operate personally, uh, it becomes distracting after that. Uh, I don't, I don't know, and and I feel. Like I should, I feel like I, I should. I think I'm you know? following you. Yeah, like once you get familiar enough with somebody, it actually should drop off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it, it's almost more potent when you're really good friends with somebody, which I'm going to start now. And I have a very important question for you. And I haven't asked you this ever, but anyways. I know, well, I know what's coming, I think. Go ahead. Do you go by Cameron now? Or do you go by cam? I, so here's, yeah, uh, I do go, short answer, I do go by Cameron. Uh, mainly because single uh, syllable names with, uh, that sound like three dozen other names are just hard to work with. You get end up with the Starbucks cup problem where everyone thinks you said something different. And you also, you know, everyone, not only, so you've got the, uh, you have to repeat your name multiple times, especially if someplace is loud. People people think your name is Tam or Tom or or any sort of Dan or any sort of other thing, any number of other things. Uh, you've got the uh, s- someone yells any word with that a vowel sign in a public sp- sound in a public space, and you turn around. Um, well, at least your name starts with a hard sound. Try having a B to lead off your name. Hmm. It does not come across very often, apparently. I think you're giving the letter C a lot of credit here. I, I still, I mean, it's it, any number of things. You you catch that second half, you kept eh, going, eh, and all of a sudden you're looking around. You don't know if uh, someone was trying to get your attention. Here's how the average uh, phone conversation goes for me with somebody I don't know. Uh, your name, Brock. Rob, Brock. <laughs> Rob, like Brock, like B Rock. And they're like, okay, Rock. And then my name is put as rock on a lot of things. <laughs> That's and I'm cool. starting to be okay with it because it's so consistent that, uh, you know, I'll just go with it. Uh, I, I mean, the rock is a lot cooler than someone just thinking your name is Dan. Uh, no, for that, man. No offense to Rob's listening. Um, or, or Dan's. I mean, I guess. I like uh, you don't like Dan's? I don't know. I might take it back. Um Cameron is a lovely name, though. I think it's a loss to not like hear the whole thing occasionally. 
I you know, I came around on it. I mean, it's something that uh, much like I don't know if this happened with you, but a number of years prior to deciding to go by Cameron, which is what I did uh, when I went to college because I was already too young, uh, basically, and uh, wanted to appear you know older, and I wanted to avoid again the the you know the social anxiety of people not knowing what my name was or getting it wrong. Uh, but it's much like. Uh, you know, five, six years before that, where or more, where I you did you switch from mommy and daddy to mom and dad? Was that a big transition for you as a kid, or did you always say mom and dad? Uh, I don't remember. Um, I, I oh, really? certainly made that transition, but it isn't in my conscious memory. Oh, weird. Uh, that was like a really I, that was a really big deal for me. Uh, <laughs> I remember like uh, calling. Uh, you know, I was probably like eight or nine, but I remember calling across the store, just kind of giving it out, giving it a shot, you know, in public, you're like, mom. And you kind of like throw a long M on there. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, like, I'm oh. a fraud. <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, you're making this identity shift where you're going to now become, uh, an older person who says mom instead of mommy and daddy. Uh, and similarly, but much later, I must, I have to like, emphasize that there was a significant gap of about 10 years between these two events but similarly uh deciding to introduce myself as cameron was definitely a big change that said those uh the people who have multi-syllabic names that can be shortened into into nicknames i'm gonna say uh if you start going by the long version you learn a lot about uh people in terms of whether they uh listen to you or not or whether they decide to nickname you themselves ah yeah actually i'm very careful about that because it occurs to me that if somebody went to the effort to say their full name that it's almost certain that that's what they would like to be called and i hear a lot of times i don't know why i noticed that but but like it was like a thing to me so i was always thinking about it and i listened to other people call them the short versions of their names and you can almost see them wince if not like half eye roll. And, um, I don't blame them. Like, you know, it's their prerogative. Like they, if nothing else, if we have nothing else in this world, it's our name that should be respected somewhat. Right. Man, that's, I, I feel like you could basically, uh, hold someone down at the tip of a sword and like, I'm picturing that in like a game of Thrones. If we have nothing else in this world, I just want to hear somebody lose it after being called Matt for the 10th time and like (laughs) give that speech because like, I don't even have a reason to, but call me Matt again. Call me Matt again. Yeah. I, I don't, because I went by cam first, it doesn't bother me like at all. Uh, but it, it's, it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing where all, I don't wince. I don't even mind that, uh, it there, I can't read too much into the motivations of the person. You just, you file it away. You go, interesting. Now I know that about that person. They're the kind of person that's going to listen to what my name is and then call me by something else without asking. (laughs) When you put it that way, it's much more in the vein of what I'm imagining they're doing, uh, so we don't want to let him off the hook on this. No. Uh, so I'm going to call you Brock, uh, hopefully more, uh, even though I, like I said, almost, I can't, 
remember the last what I'm not exaggerating I almost ne- almost never any of my acquaintances if I'm talking to them or friends when I'm talking to them I almost never say their name directly to them uh even in like slack or text I don't know why uh and I also uh had you now did you did you do your assignment I had you do an assignment I'm almost certain I didn't um <laughs> Did you, did you make a, a list? Uh, like like a literal list? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, you, uh, no here, I'm, making, remember, I'm making air okay, quotes. I do did remember. You, did you I, make a list? Air quotes. Honestly, I think I did, but then like it got left somewhere, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't digital, which seems odd choice now. Um, oh no! No, I, I work. A, I. I work in a place where you can't have a phone present. This is a problem. Ah, so there's so many things we could talk about already about this. So what I, uh, what I intended to have happen and the fact that it didn't happen is just as, uh, there's just as rich, uh, a topic as whether we had actually done it, uh, was to make a, a list of ideas to talk about on said podcast, Shannon's suggestion was that we do this and then read off it or, or like plan beforehand or use it as kind of kind of a uh, a lifeline if if the conversation dies or uh, gets stale, which that would never happen. Uh, so I decided to instead of secretly throwing a side eye to a list on the side, make it a a central conceit where we uh, put together a list and then trade said list at the beginning of the podcast and see what nonsense the other person had written down sort of stream of consciousness wise over the course of the week. Now you did not make a list. So now we have a bunch of other things that we could talk about that are all interesting. Uh, number one, do you have on your person the, the, uh, means to make a list just in general day to day? Uh, do I carry around a pen? In a, a notebook. No, I have a phone, and generally I have a. Okay, so I, there's an infinite amount of apps that do note sharing, taking, whatever for you. I don't know what it says about me, but I just want to use, like, it's just a notepad app. It's literally just you put text into it and you hit save and it doesn't share it anywhere and it doesn't do anything. And that's what I use on my phone to write everything from crazy abstract ideas. I want to think about to shopping lists to stuff like that. Is this, is this app like a a single note? Is it a bunch of, is it a, is it a folder of notes? Is it a single text document? Okay. You press it. It says notepad and then it's a list of the notepad things you've written. And then you click on one of those and it's just text. And I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It is, it requires no thought other than to be transferring what you're thinking down somewhere else and not interfere with that process. I, I appreciate the austerity of that uh, in sort of a conceptual manner. Uh, I actually, this is, I'm starting to sound like a jerk. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, lean into what I'm very proud of doing. Uh, and it was, 
incidental or uh, or coincidental. I didn't I didn't plan this. Someone gave me a, a uh, last year a, a Fisher space pen. Are you familiar with a Fisher space pen? No. Or I think there's a Seinfeld episode about them. I'm not sure. It well, is then a, it maybe. It's it's a small ballpoint pen that uh, it's metal. It's like indestructible, and when you put the cap on, it becomes roughly I don't know half the size of a normal pen, and it's smooth on the outside. So you just throw that in your pocket. I have had a pen in my pocket for the last mm, I'm going to say the last year ish, and it has oh I think I know changed what you're my talking life. about. All right, what are you writing on? I am writing on a field notes notebook which is just a little notebook um it's it's pocket sized even even if or actually sometimes i don't have the field notes tm notebook uh because i i don't know i forgot to put it in my pocket i'll keep some index cards and i'll just keep a couple index cards you're doing what i'm doing except yes physically that's what i said i feel okay. like philosophically we're on the same wavelength here it's just that i Eventually, I, I went the same route. I used to have a, a, a note, a, a, a sort of a memory app. I tried the Evernote, you know, mm-hmm. one of those. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I went down from Evernote to this other program that was actually just an interface for a bunch of text documents that synced in Dropbox. And then I went down another level and just started putting stuff into the, the iPhone Notes app. And uh, now I've gone, my, my app desire has actually gone down <laughs> so far that it actually popped out of the phone and became a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with this. Um, in fact, I, I very much like the idea. I'm going to have to try to figure out if it's viable for me. As we may have mentioned before, pockets are at a premium down in the South. So I don't know if I if a notebook can hang around. But just mm. to like bolster your method more the other like two nights ago like my uh phone appeared like it wasn't going to charge like the charge port was bad and i had like low battery and i was like this is it what can i get off my phone and i realized that the only thing that wasn't saved were all of the notes i've ever written on that phone shared nowhere else so i frantically was copying and pasting these things into just like an email and sending it to myself. But after I sent two, I realized that I was sending it to Brock M. Walker at (laughs) gmail.com. I have no idea who this is, but somehow it was in my contacts. I think maybe somebody on the show, maybe (laughs) actually, I know what happened. Somebody was sending me emails for him and I sent him or her an email back. It's like, Hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't for me. Anyway, now he has this really long stream of consciousness philosophy note section from a stranger. And I just am mildly curious as to whether, you know, it changes his whole life. Uh, well, uh, check in. Maybe maybe email that guy like uh, once a month or two and just say, hey, did you get that thing I sent you? <laughs> did you get that thing I sent you? Hey, buddy. Uh, <laughs> hey, buddy, what'd you think? What, so just say, just so, and that's it. Just the, in the subject line. So yep. question mark. If the positions were reversed, I would immediately become terrified. And like I was in the beginning of some 
indie horror movie or something. This reminds me of, uh, I was just looking through photos for an unrelated reason, old photos. And, uh, and I came across the screenshot that I had taken of the time, uh, when, when, with our first child, we were, uh, at the, we were getting uh, the ultrasounds, and we were to the point where we were able to announce uh, to, to some people that I think you know it's a boy or something like that. And uh, I texted my good friend from college, Crystal, and the text I got back said, "I'm sorry, it slipped off." <laughs> and I said, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and uh, I and then I got it back a, a, a follow up text from the person who I think had kind of recovered. Uh, from the text that they had gotten, which was, it was not my friend Crystal, it was someone else entirely who uh, had just been informed that they were the father, basically. <laughs> you know, so they they had gotten this text that said, I, it's a boy, we're 12 weeks along, or something like that. Uh, I So I have, I have a nice screenshot of that person's har- harried response where they they and I both figured out what the heck was going on. Well, that was a rough little moment for that person. I'm imagining. I hopefully, change your life forever. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. You know. Do you have that, a problem uh, with internet mistaken identity? Like, you know, what with all of the names and handles and accounts everywhere? Do you run um, into that? I think we're through the era of the social internet where there was a new account popping up every five seconds that you had to go run in, or I don't know, I, I say you had to go run like it was something that anyone actually needed to do, but that I would go run and reserve my name on. Uh, I don't feel like that is happening as much anymore because you just authenticate with Twitter or whatever. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't feel like I am fighting with the very small number of other Cameron Daigles out there the way they used to. So I, there are a couple though. There's a kid in uh kid in Texas named Cameron Daigle. There's a couple more. It can be only one. Yeah. I mean, I'll track them down and take care of them if they, if they are going, if they try to make any trouble. Okay. You sort of like a live and let live, mm-hmm. not like a seek them out to the ends of the earth type of guy. I mean, if one of them, so that's okay. You want to, you want something a little bit, uh, juicier. Like I said, there's one kid, he does some annoying, or he used to do some annoying, like, uh, YouTube, uh, improv videos. He would, he had a George W. Bush impression that was very popular. Also a video. Again, this wasn't you, your alter ego. And you're trying to distance yourself. This was literally another person. This is literally another person. Uh, there, there's not. I guess mistaken identity is not the correct term for this, unless you no. Know, I mean, he was a good deal younger than me. It's it's more of uh, identity territory uh, being being moved in. Right. Upon. Okay. Right. But I mean, right now, or this was a long time ago. But there was a. He had the W. Bush video. He had a video of him getting himself getting hit in the face with a uh, exercise machine. Uh, as a sort of a goof. You're better than um, this guy. Right, I, I don't. Should, I don't. Yeah. Just be I the best, Cameron. I don't feel real threatened by by exercise machine face goof guy. Um, are there other other Brock Walkers? Uh, I know there are. Doesn't seem like any of them are worth anything. Well, there's Brock um, M Walker. I hear that then, guy has some really interesting well, uh, 
uh, viewpoints on soon, philosophy. Soon he will. Soon yeah. he will. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I've had some weird stuff where people keep emailing me stuff that's not mine. Um, I had a my Twitter handle, which FYI, I don't actually use Twitter except to read Twitter. So, you know, don't follow me. <laughs> I can't say I knew that you had a Twitter, but continue. Yeah, I think you did. But anyway, wherever I signed up for it, um, I think some other Brock Walker jerk had mine. So I just grabbed Brock is awesome for reasons I don't know. I just felt like it. Completely random. And then I quickly found out that I was getting lots of mentions um, as I was controversially possibly a dead pot dealer is all I could follow. There was a lot of, do you think Brock is awesome really died or do you think he quit Twitter? Oh, we used to get blah, blah, blah. Lots of very colorful things going around. So those have died down. So I don't know if the controversy has been settled or not. Did you feel like there was opportunity there that you could have kind of capitalized on? Oh, at the yeah. time? Oh, definitely. I just, like I said, I didn't pull the trigger. We have regrets, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, the other screen name I can remember of yours, I feel like you and screen names have sort of a sordid history. Uh, do you <laughs> recall the story behind you, the, the late AOL Instant Messenger? And uh, I, I don't know exactly what was going through your head other than, I think, just frustration. Correct me oh, if I'm yeah. wrong. No, yeah. I, I started to believe it was broken because nothing I was typing in was working. So, you know, the end result is as well as good as you might imagine that ending. All right. Well, let me, let me read it out. As I think I remember the whole screen name. Let me see if I can remember it because it's kind of long and complicated. I believe it goes Hoser. Hey, that's H-O-S-E-R. And then after Hoser, it's uh, one, two, three, uh, um, four, five, six. So far, so good. Seven, eight, nine. Hoser, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, to be fair, that's a pretty normal AOL screen name. <laughs> Man, the internet used to be crazier and so much more interesting in less totally dire ways. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know hopeful and not less judgmental or maybe it was i don't think us. it was but yeah. i i felt that way so that's all that matters <laughs> right that's that's the actual uh that's the next next hill over right it's that the internet seemed that way to us but that was because we were a young b generally not disenfranchised or minorities or anything and see you willing to look the other way on a lot of stuff. So maybe the internet was always terrible, and we just know it now because the tools for getting terrible people together are just better. Uh, Theory. I think the uh, State of the Union is getting to you, man. I, You know, a lot of things are getting to me. It's, <laughs> it's 2018. Airwell Instant Messenger shut down. I can't message Hoser123456789 anymore. I can't sign into the Noramac, which was my Airwell Instant oh, Messenger name. Yeah. We, the, now, it, now I'm stuck with the live blog of a, of, a, of, of, of a bellicose blonde man yelling about immigrants. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Let's see. 
I, I hey. have a... Huh? Uh, no, okay. you go. No! What? Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wrote... Didn't we have a blog poster thing for our D&D session one time? We had exactly one post on there. Uh, we, I, I think you and I had at least one or two apiece, but then that was it. Let me go see if it's still on. The, it was called Whirl of Dagger, Hiss of Bow. Hold on. Um, dagger. You're on of, it. Oh, yeah. No, it is not. I think it's gone. I really worked way too hard on everything about that. It's. It turned out I got exactly one one episode, one entry into a in-character Dungeons & Dragons uh, blog <laughs> spot before I realized that that was a lot more taxing on my creative energies than I uh, could have ever imagined. Um, what was your point? <laughs> ah, it's just, it's it all definitely I, happened. It's yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's lost history. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that was on your list here. I'm I had a I had I literally so I have a, I have I upgraded. Listen, you hear that? That's my uh, that's my bullet journal. This is my hardback actual journal, and I have a page in here that says CB2P Show Notes Episode Three. And I was going to copy down your list that I was so sure that you had prepared. So instead, I'm going to write down Whirl of Dagger, Hiss of Bow, because that was my dumb name for that dumb thing. Um, Cam. Uh, excuse yes. me. Cam. No, go. Yes. Oh, I don't. Please. <laughs> Cameron yeah, it is, it is my, weird to say Cameron. Uh, my professional identity. Don't worry about it. I'm um, the Nora Mac. Yeah. Like, wow, you're pretty hard on everything that isn't happening in currently that you're cool with right like yourself you mean, things that people have done are you actually hard on those things or do you just feel uh, is that some kind of like self-deprecation or something it, you're gonna have to be more specific <laughs> uh let's see what did you just say Oh gosh! How terrible that name was, or whatever, and how I can oh. finish it. Blah, blah blah. It's a throwaway thing to say, but I mean, it is generally your. Are you embarrassed by your past things that aren't up to the standard of how you would do things now, or what's the deal? Um, no, I would not say in no. Okay, or is so, it a bit? So it's not a. I. Boy, I tell you what, like part of what the interesting thing about doing this podcast is I want to make sure it's funny and goofy, but I also have a hard time doing bits because I also want it to be sincere. And also, <laughs> I have a very dry sense of humor that makes it really hard. And I, dry sense of humor is a nice way of saying that I do a terrible job of identifying when I'm doing a bit versus when I'm being sincere in a way that has gotten me into trouble in the past, for sure. Um, in that particular case, I was being sincere in the sense that I, that is exactly what happened is I spent, I had like one fevered night where I photoshopped this super aged, uh, blog spot heterographic with, uh, <laughs> this like, uh, handwritten looking script. And I wrote this very long and detailed blog post detailing everything that had happened and then realized I had set a creative bar for myself. Not that it was the greatest thing ever written, but it would, took a lot of time and energy. And I had set this bar, and I was—I realized I was never going to have another night like that again. Much like, much less one like every month when we did Dungeons and Dragons. So, I—I I mean, that's that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so, right. 
I'll let it I, go for now. No, no. I think like uh, if we want to, uh, we could keep poking at that subtopic. I'm sure. Oh, don't worry. It'll come podcast. back. Up. Yeah, because uh, yeah, there there is a certain amount. Even with the uh, the other stuff that we were talking about, like yeah, you don't remember switching from saying uh, what, calling your parents one thing to another. Whereas for me, the way I remembered, at least, it was a months long period of of transition where I I tried to figure out if it was the right move. Like this is how I approach a lot of things. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that we'll uh, peel back the curtains on some real unpleasant slash entertaining uh content maybe oh i okay so i did have a list a, like a a budding nascent list on like a post-it note but it's been left somewhere like at the office um i did write down the phantom thread i know you don't want to like be a movie critic but i was just more of a thought about that specifically the phantom menace please don't write that down phantom the phantom thread what's the phantom thread it's a movie i've, I've literally never heard of this you movie cretin? i i'm not a, i mean i might be a, oh the phantom thread oh it's a current movie with the um, with the Daniel Day Lewis, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Daniel oh, man. Day Lewis. That looks I cool. mean, it's not there will be blood, but you know right. those guys. Man, okay. Uh, um, I should watch the Phantom Thread. That sounds cool. I'm a I I. Here's where I'm at with movies. I went with Archer to see the Last Jedi, and then we sent Shannon separately because with the two year old, it's no one's going to pay a babysitter to go to see a movie. So you just split the parents. Uh, I saw, let's see, I saw Dunkirk with some friends. Uh, the other night we watched lethal weapon one. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I'm past four years. I didn't want to be the out of touch movie parent. And I've realized that it isn't so much out of touch movie parent. I'm just an out of touch movie person. Movies keep coming out, and once you stop keeping up with movies and you get very tired, very tired of all of the superhero punchy movies. Uh, yeah, I would say you get just more selective about what movies yeah. you keep up with. And that is not to, uh, a, a value judgment. That's like a personal preference judgment. Culture fatigue a little bit, let's say. It's also uh, yeah. tremendously uninteresting to hear about how, I, how, how all the movies I haven't watched. Um, that said, The Phantom Thread... Sounds cool. I've also said that said three to four times this episode. I mean, you know, like five total words about it, but I appreciate mm-hmm. your faith in it. Those are good words. Uh, similar, I'm going to give you four or five words for a movie coming out next month. Uh, Duncan Jones' new movie. Have you seen this? I, oh, you I must be more specific. Duncan Jones, uh, maker of, of Moon, son of uh, David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is that New- the one based in futuristic Chicago? I think I'm I, just t- shooting off the top of my head here. Hold on. Maybe London. I forget. It, it is uh, Paul Rudd, Justin Thoreau, and Alexander Thoreau. And Alexander Skarsgård is a good cast. Well, yes. I mean, yes. Rudd in there is a real wild card, but 
we'll see. I never did see uh, uh, Ant-Man. We, uh, we went to see Ant-Man, and that actually was a babysitting situation because my mother babysat the children. We went to see Ant-Man. Uh, we sat down in the theater. Our youngest was very young. Uh, we watched the credits. We watched Paul Rudd get punched in the face. Shannon's phone rang. Uh, our daughter had apparently not stopped crying since the moment we walked out the door. So we left the movie and went home <laughs> and got vouchers. Uh, for the movie. so That uh, is super sad. Okay, it's even better. It takes place in Berlin. Oh, that's and awesome. It is called Mute. Great. Mute. I'm also going to watch that. That's on Netflix. I can handle that. I just turn that on some night. I don't even have to get up. Mute. Uh, well, let's see. Oh, something off of my list that is a reference uh, or is a kind of follow up on an episode one bit uh, topic where you recommended making uh, risotto, using leftover risotto to make risotto cakes. You take, I did. Th- this, is what, this is what you claimed to me, uh, is that you could take leftover risotto, form it into patties, fry it, and then, it is, uh, then it's delicious and crispy and stuff. In short. Um, what kind of, let's just start with, instead of me immediately going directly into my utter failure to produce this, the same oh, results. Oh, oh my. Um, <laughs> what uh what pan what type of pan where you or do you use okay for your first of cakes? all well i will put like usually like a slice of nice cheese in the middle too but regardless of that did you like bread it or, or anything oh I, I i didn't now i didn't go back and listen to episode one but i don't recall there being breading as part so of so i uh, i did do a flour wa- egg wash panko crumb on most of them. However, oh, I, we did did do one, I did do one with nothing. And to answer your first question, I use an all-clad stainless steel with all uh, with uh, oil in it. How much oil um, did you put in there? Um, let's just say I put uh, I put it the risotto right in there. I'm thinking it would be like a grit cake. I've cooked many a grit grit cake. You throw it, some leftover grits in a pan, wait, some oil, okay. just, you know, cast iron, it. nonstick. What it are we was just here? it was a it was a it was my regular metal pan. I didn't. I actually tried two different pans. I have a little carbon steel pan I use for eggs. Okay. Tried that one. Tried the other one. No, they it uh it dis, it just kind of disintegrated into the pan, stuck to everything. No crispy bits. No no wonderment. <laughs> uh, the the final result was oily, hot. Uh, risotto. <laughs> it's Pot so amazing that, that went so wrong, and it's like the most delicious thing I've cooked in a long time. Well, it was. I mean, I'm 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 reasonably competent in the kitchen, and I realized almost immediately that either the risotto I was using, which had just been Shannon throwing leftovers into risotto, was just the wrong sort of consistency and and uh, and uh, ingredient. For, for type for this particular thing or i was missing some very crucial basic basic well uh, yeah i mean it has to be a proper you know thick risotto it has to be cold and you have to use oil at least a oh a yeah layer of oil. oil and it has to be hot and that's all there is to it man one mm. flip one flip you gotta get yeah, that no. spatula up under there no, this thing just stuck stuck to everything. It just it was crazy. Uh, I I think that that the egg wash panko business that was that was probably the detail I missed. 
anyway, that that was my failure at risotto cakes. Um, I, I don't have any uh, further insights there other than I should pay attention to the whole recipe next time. We'll just let it be a myth. Hey, I said mm. it's, it's, breading's not required. I did it. By the way, if you don't, if you haven't cooked with like a high end all clad stainless steel, and by high end I just mean like you know, I don't know, like seven folded cores. I don't know what they do. It is Valyrian steel. The greatest. I love cooking with those things. Uh, we have, I got some pretty good pots and pans for Shannon. They weren't the all clad. They were the, they were like one below that, one step below that. They're pushing Uh, 10 years old. Similar. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, well, I, what I thought you were going to say is a nonstick pan, which we do not own a nonstick pan. I don't currently either. Actually. Those things age. I, I, every time I get a nonstick pan, I think it's magic for six months, and then it stops. I'm sure working. it's probably uh, just you know that Teflon. It's probably bad for you. It's like as bad as vaccines or something. Well, I got a green pan. Yeah, they have these green pans. It's uh, apparently not the 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 cancer pan. I don't know. It's there it was a Target. Uh, oh. It it lasted exactly as long as a regular nonstick pan, and then stopped being nonstick, and I threw it away. Um, let's see. I don't, I got other stuff on this list, but I feel like the, the, the novelty of the list is having you figure out what I wrote the things on the list. So I, I don't know. I'm going to put well, it. Send aside. me your list. We'll try it next time. We'll try the list next time. What else do you want to talk no, about? I, fine. Uh, we talk about almost anything. Uh, 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 uh. here, uh, uh, fine. I'll read the thing off the list until, until we, um, so we talk about something else. Microwaves are scary. Are you afraid of microwaves? Hmm. I really think about it. Think about what a microwave is, what it does. Honestly, uh, what's, what what is between you and it? Think about no, all those things. It fascinates me. Microwaves are one of those things that I I desperately love, not because necessarily they produce a superior result. There are undeniable conveniences of the microwave, but why I love them so much is they're like real science put into such a practical package that nobody even acknowledges or knows nobody being the vast public, you know, that they are using like science. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm overstating it, but it's the idea that when, you know, knowledge and that we get from that kind of research turns into something so practical that it's like a throwaway thing. It's the vision of the future I love to think about, you know, like when getting to earth orbit is so cheap that it's just like, ah, I'm going to pick up and move. You like buy a $50 bus ticket to the next town, you know, like it changes the whole landscape of everything and nobody acknowledges it it just seems normal so that being said microwaves are crazy and they're generating like high frequency (laughs) electromagnetic radiation in your house so that you can heat a pizza up (laughs) that's that was so eloquent like i wasn't expecting to be moved by this um this this (laughs) shining vision of the future that this the microwave represents for me uh I'm going to – the reason I put it down here <laughs> – Now uh, let's was, hear your backwards Luddite version. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the glass box makes things too hot burn my mouth. 
Um, no, I was standing at work trying to think of things, microwaving something, which this is going to sound insufferable, but we don't actually have a microwave at home. And we didn't at our last place either. And it's more of a look how much counter space we get when we throw this microwave out and put it under the stairs uh, down, you know, in the entryway of the apartment building. Uh, rather than on our kitchen, we get we get all this counter space, and then I am forced to learn how to cook better by sautéing things or we'll put it in the oven or whatever. So there's not like a philosophical; these are not related concepts. We just happen to also not have a microwave. I'm standing there, heating up my lunch, and I always stand to the side of our microwave, and I do not put my face up to the glass because I have a very irrational. Uh, constant you ever like go through an intersection and you picture like your car getting t-boned oh, or something there is you know an I mean? intersection a very specific one and yeah. every day i drive through it night i think this could be it and i imagine it happening yeah that's me with looking in a microwave i and there's not a real uh there's the opposite of science it's just i'm picturing the microwave exploding out through the glass oh, exploding is not that off. you're being yeah. irradiated. No, no, not I quite. Let's say that the, the, the type of waves used are not the type that can actually damage DNA. I just want to throw that out there. I know that you're not rationally getting a handle on this, but in case you hear in your head later, just know that. I'm rocking slowly in the corner. <laughs> microwave can't touch my DNA. <laughs> microwave can't touch my DNA. You stay away from my DNA, microwave. Uh, um, no, it's, it's, it's totally irrational. It's, it's that, uh, it's, it's that it's, uh, it's making that weird fan sound. Uh, it's, it's glowing. And I just, for some reason, and um, oven, I can get behind an oven, especially a gas oven. An oven makes sense to me. An oven, you put something in a box and then either the thing on the bottom gets hot or the thing on the top gets hot. And that makes the box hot, which makes your so food hot. You'd even prefer a gas oven because it's closer to th- something you understand, which is fire. And, and man can make fire. You right. know, he- heated up elements are even a little freaky. You know, that's electricity. That's electrons. That's we're, we're dabbling in, in, in God's play box. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's what's bothering you. I, I don't know. Nothing about an oven bothers me. Uh, I, I, I dig an oven. Uh, but, but a microwave, and, and the way you described it was actually more uh, thorough than I think my knowledge to this day as a grown adult is of how a microwave works. My understanding is that it makes water, the water part of something warmer, right? Is that kind of what it's yeah, the, well, Yeah, my understanding is that the microwaves... Hence the name. <laughs> we'll slow down there, uh, Professor. Yeah, do excite the water molecules um, very readily. So there you go. Mm. No, there's it, water it, in like everything. So there's the way that you describe it is like a, a vision of the future. The this the the time it in the is 60- the promise of the future that well, we can hope to have something that we can't imagine will be commonplace now be commonplace. Here's the here's the other side of that coin to me is that you have a bunch of uh, a science mans in the the fifties or sixties and they they figure out that a mic- microwaves make something hot and they go heck yeah let's put it, let's make a box and put our and then we'll put something in it we'll make that hot and then we'll eat it <laughs> like I mean let's be honest they definitely tried to make it a weapon first right. Oh, did they? I mean, that I seems don't know. awesome. I mean, it okay. just seems like what would come to their heads. 
Right. So uh, uh, weapon or not weapon, they, 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 this is an era that is not all that far removed from uh, women putting radium in clo- like clocks. Right. Or we, watches. we escaped. I mean, this could have turned out as bad as radium. Right. Or, but, or, uh, or maybe still. The X-raying themselves for fun, like we were very few decades away from a bunch of very similar technology being used in ways that we found out decades later was horribly horrible. I'm not. I'm. I'm sounding Don't like you like miss a, that like slight cavalier attitude though, like. A little bit. I, I do. I, I'm not. I don't want to sound like a microwave truther. I'm sure microwaves are 100 percent safe, but it is. Microwaves it is of, can't melt steel beams, Cam. <laughs> out of all the things in your kitchen, it's the one thing that I think most clearly does represent that uh, that era of we found some science. Let's put it in a box and give it to every housemaid in the country. Like that. That's a very. Uh, it's. I guess uh, yeah, it's the I one agree. time that landed, right? I guess all I'm saying is I want more of that. Sure. Yeah. Are, are you talking like? So what do you mean? You want like? You want a duplicator? You want a? Um, isn't that a thing? Or the thing where uh, it in, from like Futurama where you put in the tiny turkey and it rehydrates it to be a big turkey? What? Oh, that's sorry. That's back to the element. future. No, it's back to the future. I'm being informed oh. by my wife who just well, returned from Fifth Element it must be a sci-fi trope. Mm. Both of us are right. You are probably wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm. I've, I'm sure that if Futurama did it, it was in reference to one of those other two things. Anyway, so. No, um, hmm. So I mean, uh, the the next. Uh, those are all kind of jokey. But is there is there a, is there another science box we need in our kitchen that we don't have? Like for a kitchen? Yeah, or just a science box. What's the next science box? Man, I don't know. I think that's the idea. If we could imagine it, then it wouldn't be, you know, if we could imagine the practical implications of some of these things, then we would already get what was going to happen. That's it's a surprise. What, that, that is, I guess. I mean, that's faith. Uh, faith that we'll figure out another faith science box science yeah man well if you want to put it in the science box i mean if you want to know one thing i would like in my kitchen that's remotely sciencey maybe something that like blast freezes with some kind of oh like cryo storage i bet you could like yeah like a molecular chiller or something just like that's really dangerous, though. I but, mean, a microwave is really dangerous. According to Cam. <laughs> yeah. No, a microwave. I mean, the, the chiller. I mean, look, the, what happens inside a microwave is just as dangerous as it was when they decided to point it at a guy uh, and figure I'm sure there's a microwave gun. That's got to exist. So, Well, you, uh, can, you can shut down electronics with a microwave gun. Uh, yes. But it doesn't well, really. Yeah. Come on, there's got to be a gun that focuses like, uh, you know, you put it on uh, oh, yeah, bra- no, they, braze they and it did boils make your a, blood. Isn't it? They called it like a pain ray. It was like this big antenna from, I want to say it was microwaves. It was like a big antenna, but by that I mean it looked like a big flat panel. But something about uh, the shape of the the paneling on the front and the way they were running through it, it was essentially projecting a beam of microwaves and it was supposed to be a non-lethal crowd dispersal device. And it worked. People said it hurt like a lot. 
<laughs> I want to make sure I'm not lying, but I know that happened. I just want to make sure it's microwaves. 342 user reviews, five Ruby. stars. Pain beam. Hurt a lot. Pain beam might not get you a lot. All right, while you're, uh, you're working ray. on that. Pain ray. Oh, you're, sorry. Active denial system. That's way more neutered. Hmm. Yeah, anyway, I guess go they ahead. Could, they couldn't just call it a microwave beam, I guess. So, okay. First of all, they could have called the microwave any number of things other than literally the wave that it is. That's kind of strange. Uh, now that I think about it, it could have been called a, a tasty box. Yum My box, favorite box. Uh, wave in the electromagnetic spectrum is definitely like a cosmic ray. And I don't actually know if it might be more of like an older term for a group of really high energy particles, but it just sounds awesome. That sounds like a uh, early early 20th century like made up science term that got replaced with a real science term later. A cosmic ray. Well, it's up by the gamma ray. I just can't remember if they're distinct or if it was a general term that got specified later. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's at least close to a microwave beam weapon. So, okay, just so, think you could be protesting the government one day and find this out for yourself. Oh, oh boy. Uh, so the the so the cryo. Uh, your 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 uh, your anti microwave our our cryo storage technique here only is is only only as dangerous as the way that the appliance is designed because we are talking about something where the exact same technology is either used to hurt like three hundred people at a time or make your dinner hot so the, this cryo box as long as it's a box I think that this I think it just has to be a box you get you take it out of the box right. then you can point it at whatever well, you can make you a weapon yeah yeah. The yeah. box doesn't work if it, the door's open. So that should keep your hands out. Mm. Okay. I, I'm back on board with the cryo box. Yeah, the cryo box. I mean, people can stick their head in an oven and bad things can happen. No one's ever committed, as far as I know, I guess. I'm not looking it up. No one's ever com- figured out how to commit suicide with a microwave, I assume. I, I'm not even going to attempt to know that or or find out. No, I, I may know uh, from personal experience, but not directly. I will say secondhand experience, secondhand in-person experience, that a number of other items inside a microwave, when microwaved, could produce a situation that would result in you dying. <laughs> um, uh that that was uh, going to college with a bunch of engineers. Uh, they definitely put a microwave out on the lawn and just sort of, you know, went wild. Uh, a CD. Have you ever put, seen a CD in a microwave? That goes up nicely. There's a it lot is, of stuff. It is nice. Yes. This is before YouTube. But now that nowadays, the kids these days at the college, they're not going to put a microwave out in the lawn. They're just going to go look on YouTube because every microwave, everything has already been put in a microwave. It's so do you think that's causing an escalation or like – uh, sort of a neutering of our up and coming creatives. I mean, do you think they're just like, eh, that wasn't exciting as I thought, and then they just don't do anything, or they're like, I got to do something even crazier? Um, I think that, hold on, everything has already been put on, I'm going to stand behind that, been put in a microwave. Um, I think it's a, uh, th- this was too long a sentence to try to write and talk at the same time, microwave. I think that what you uh, end up with is a lack of the people in the middle there, right? You end up with people just curious enough to go look and watch the video. 
And then you end up with people that, so you, so you miss you, all the people who are like, huh, I wonder what would happen. Those people aren't going to do it. Um, you know, put a a stack of CDs in the microwave or whatever, just hypothetical example. Um, but what you end up with, I think are, uh, people on the, on the far end who either are determined to do it no matter what, and not concerned about whether someone else has done it or not. And people who are going to, uh, who are just trying to, to use it as social capital, right? Like the, the, that, microwave youtube video did pretty well i wonder what happens when i put up a microwave youtube video right so so i i think uh i don't think it has at least this specific example has a ton of bearing on uh our art i guess either way um (laughs) because the people that are going to maybe innovation right and it's not uh, innovation in microwave destruction has maybe uh, maybe what we've done by virtue of putting all these things online is disconnect uh, microwave destruction inter- innovation from uh, being confused with actual meaning, right? Like the, there's uh, what am I trying to say? So like there, um, the, those videos already exist. You're not necessarily making something new, so you're either trying to experience it for yourself at that point. Or you are piggybacking on social capital, um, you know. Yeah. So it's a, I don't know. At, at that point, we are forced to face the real truth, which is that uh, if the if a something were to be put in the microwave by someone, and then that someone uh, would become a famous artist or relevant in any way, uh, the microwave uh, vandalism would only have meaning in retrospect. Mm. All right. Would you say you often take things very literally? <laughs> I try and look. I, I took. <laughs> I, you showed me a path. You showed me a little path through. The, you went a little path through the woods, just a little one. You lifted up a branch, and you're like, "What about we go down here?" And I said, "Cool." And I, no, I, tried, I tried it. I'm, I'm sending you. Yeah, I'm sending you on errands. It's it makes sense. I, I'm doing my best over here. I also, <laughs> I, also, there are. I mean, that is a very complicated uh, sociological sort of question. Like there is with all of the information, not only information but like vicarious experiences that are now available. Uh, why do a lot of things, right? Like I watched today a video of, uh, and I only watched a second of it, which is even more sort of damning of how existentially devoid of meaning this is but like i uh i watched a 60 fps video of a guy flying a drone around the grand tetons or one of these like huge mountain ranges and so you're you're flying at 60 frames a second so it looks pretty much real you know not cinematic and um this thing is not only like buzzing 60 foot tall pines on the side of a cliff it's doing it in the video. The guy's screwing with the video speed. It's going, you know, it's going way faster than I sure hope it was going way faster than the drone can actually go. And also, the drone is making uh, like one eighties in the air because the cam- either the camera's on a swivel or you know it's a drone and it's it kind of does whatever. It actually uh, was probably normal speed. Sorry to interject, but uh, yeah, you would be surprised. Oh, I don't want to hear that. But uh, the point is like that video was something that I 
not only, I mean, obviously I'm on the internet. Like there are things that this generation and the last 30 years of humanity has done that no, no human has ever done, but I'm actually watching a thing that I couldn't have watched 10 years ago. Like we were watching, uh, lethal weapon one and, the the a boom shot in that movie is a big deal right like you gotta you want a crane to pan down from the house to the front door uh that's a whole setup you gotta get a you gotta get a you gotta requisite acquisition a crane you gotta get it up there you gotta run that shot all the way down you know what i mean yeah i boy do i know what you mean it not to get immediately like abstract again but like it it makes you it happens so fast. Things that are absolutely impossible or can only be approximated with uh, great effort, like you're saying, or things that you wouldn't even think of, um, all of a sudden are not only possible but like easily so, like in any way. And it all of a sudden makes you just totally question what you think of as worthwhile or valuable, like was that shot cool because it took effort or was it cool because it was, you know, visually stunning? And I think at least for me, I, I realized that there must be some deep element of humans innovating and overcoming a challenge to create something in and of itself is what I find largely valuable about a lot of this stuff. Cause I should be just, completely flattened and wowed by like that video you're saying and i see it and it's cool but i understand that i could go do that if i had 500 bucks and i really does something to it i don't know do you follow so you're saying that you're the thing that moves you or that resonates with you and something like that is the unachievableness of it uh what the idea of human innovation and effort to do or create something that wasn't previously possible, but uh, like as a whole, like I just think that's the thing that it, it's hitting at. And that's not satisfied by doing something, no matter how spectacular, that's just commonplace easy. Uh, okay. So it, when the case of the, the drone video – is that uh, cool because it, no one has ever been able to do that until like the, the last couple of years? Or is it not cool because now that one guy can do that, you can go spend $2,000 on Amazon and now you can do it? Well, it's a, it's a quick slide. Like, oh, I see. The, the, yeah. the prototypes and, and sort of like a, a stable cam on a helicopter doing that was like sort of the first experience of that you got. So if you ever remember watching an IMAX for the first time. Oh, yeah, imagine a flight. Yeah, where they put a stabilized IMAX camera and a helicopter and they're flying by the mountains. That was absolutely, like, jaw-dropping, impossible, amazing, great. And then you just sort of slide to things like this and, like, the cheaper, it's easier. It's I don't know. I mean, it's exactly what I said. So, yeah. It quickly slides out of that realm. I don't. I, w- I still appreciate it, but yeah, I. For me, I think it's not necessarily the achievability of the thing, so much as the achievability of the context. Uh, what 
I think that if I were to sit down and watch The Magic of Flight in an IMAX theater today, that I, which I believe is the Tom Selleck narrated um, documentary that was showing nonstop at the Naval Air the Museum. The only thing they ever showed. <laughs> the only, they had a whole IMAX theater. They could have been showing The Matrix or something, and they were showing The Magic of Flight, and I think later they had another one about to da- dancing or something. I, that really bothered me as a kid. I remember really, people yeah. being like, oh, you know, in such and such city – they're replaying Lord of the Rings on the IMAX and I'm sitting in a IMAX theater with 10 other people rewatching magic of flight. And it was just, yeah. Oh, really trying. Pensacola Naval Air Museum. So what was my point? So Pensacola Air, Air, Naval Air Museum, I could sit down I could, uh, today and watch the magic of flight and I would still be pretty amazed by it. However, I could also probably, I assume, pirate the magic of flight and watch it on my phone. And I watched that I watched that video of the drone thing flying around the mountain on a, an embed on a website on my laptop or my yeah, my external monitor at work. And I I can go to I live in Chicago, I could go down to the Art Institute and I could stand in front of Nighthawks at the diner, uh, which I have done and it's amazing. Or I could go to Google Arts Zoom tool and I could zoom up to Nighthawks of the Diner in, you know, 5,000 dots per inch and I could examine every stroke of that painting on my computer. But I feel like the, the thing that is the thing that's, that's actually the part of it that's trivializing to me is the context more so than the actual. Okay, I don't deny that. I think that has a big part. It, it is a different element entirely than I was uh, I was looking at. But yeah, I'd have to think about why that is as a separate thing because I I I have a very pronounced feeling of that kind of thing, like seeing a non-replica thing in real life is just vastly more um engaging and i'm not quite sure why yeah or 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 just uh the seeing something in a context that befits its creation yeah okay if if i had if i had walked into a room at at the um the mocha downtown or something and they had been playing that exact drone video projected on a wall in a dark room and there was a, (laughs) a pretentious white cube for me to sit on in the middle and and ponder this film i would have been probably really into that but instead, the feeling that I got of watching that video in the embed and the blog and the website and the, and, and the browser window and the, uh-huh. and the external monitor at work with the sound off was one of just extreme like uh, dissonance, right? It's like, yeah, I, don't, I get what you're saying. I like, don't want to watch this here. <laughs> like, you I walk just into a, a rich person's house. Well, I, maybe this doesn't even have to make sense. You walk <laughs> into like a gas station and, you know. They've got a bunch of velvet pictures of uh, Elvis, and then they've got Nighthawks at the diner, like sort of hung askew on the wall beside them. Um, I don't know how to got there for what reason, but money laundering. It's a little (laughs) a very complicated, complicated scheme. No one would ever figure out how that would happen. But yeah, so it's there, and you know what it is. But something about how you're seeing it is just wrong i think now that i've had a whole 30 seconds to consider this kind of thing 
it has something to do with um, the constant dissonance of of like us having to deal with really common stuff in life, like having to pick up toys or you know press the buttons on the keyboard instead of things just happening, just like details and crap uh, juxtaposed next to like the real insanity of like the universe and existence and all that stuff it exists at the same time and it is the same thing and you have to deal with it all at once and so it's just really hard to just like actually focus on how incredible certain things are while having to deal simultaneously with dumb minutiae that doesn't go away so if you can isolate it in the right context you can just sort of like actually experience that thing without having that weird nonsensical mix that you normally have to deal with which is real one of my one of my good friends only watches film trailers uh like full screen on his television 1080p period and he he's a he does indie films and and a bunch of other film work and stuff and I, I think that it's more than just being pretentious. I think he's trying to give the material its proper due. Yeah, know? that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it goes along with exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it, it definitely can seem pretentious, and I'm sure people can use it for such a reason, but perhaps only if they didn't actually understand the real reason they were doing it. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I think. Uh, he uh, he's trying to meet something. He's trying to meet the actual content with the proper context, I guess, um, to avoid that feeling of like I'm picking up children's toys and also trying to think about the heat death of the universe. <laughs> like you can't exactly. You, but both of those things are just as real, except that it's just really impossible to properly consider them both at the same time unless you're like some kind of master no then you're probably a sociopath and you don't you're not anywhere in the middle there uh, <laughs> and it's just so easy to be cynical that i try not to dismiss things as pretentious too quickly because i definitely did for more of my life than i didn't i would agree i'm trying to decide whether i would agree or whether the phase that i went through is the exact opposite where i was very pretentious and uh, and mad at people for being cynical Um, they may have been uh opposite but probably similar uh well i i think pretentiousness is kind of in the uh is i i'm kind of glad that word is generally fallen out of favor because pretentiousness uh, assumes a lot about someone else's motivations, I guess. Um, you know, like if, if you're accusing someone of being pretentious, then uh, you are, you're making a lot of judgments about what they, why they said the thing they said. Um, and the evidence isn't always there, I guess this is, it's, it's yeah. a much more, it's a much more tiring and less immediately gratifying way of going about other people's uh, communication than the way I acted when I was 20 or whatever yeah it's uh complicated but it seems worthwhile and 
uh, some sense. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely uh, s- stopped. Uh, oh man, what were we originally talking? I've totally lost the thread on the on the Nighthawk, Nighthawks and the Velvet Elvis. Let's see. Uh, that he death of the universe. You like context? I do. I do. I do. And it's in uh, previously you could call that pretentious, right? Like I, I, I feel like, uh, it, I even think it's pretentious and often just like, uh, if I were to imagine sitting next to me talking about this right now, I would want me to shut up a little bit. (laughs) Um, you know, but saying like, Oh, I really don't want to go to the Google art website. I would like to experience that art in the proper context. But the fact of the matter is I do want to experience in the proper context because when I watch the drone video at work, the it it feels I feel like I'm I it feels existential and gross and and thin in a way that is is very like distressing to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I mean it's it's uh, it, only you can know if you're being honest enough with yourself. So like it's, it's really hard to pass judgment. I mean, I could be pretty darn sure people aren't really grasping why they're doing certain things and it's not actually getting them anything extra out of it, but I can't know. So I at least try to leave it alone. Um, and at best I can be like, Oh, that's cool. And actually engage. Like what was the one thing that really got me thinking about this was wine which of course would be the obvious or an obvious target for this kind of stuff. Um, You know, I've had my share of wines and I know I don't, I'm not a professional at it, but, but there's been studies and and it it seems the case that largely if you were given an okay bottle of wine and you were given a bottle of wine that was, worked in the you know the end of the first world war on the slopes of some you know hidden vineyard that the resistance you know held that germany didn't and i could go on and on you know and it, it was a, it a rare like one yeah yeah so you mix these up you can't tell right wait 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 you, you didn't you mixed them up you no. shouldn't mix them up i i didn't do this the hypothetical third party did um uh, that third party's a jerk they didn't blend them i mean that really would be right out but That's, so that was that was my joke <laughs> thanks mm. for the effort they um, made a smoothie so they yeah you try them both you you can't tell the difference sort maybe not really you label them both you believe the story and you actually have more pleasure drinking the historical wine that you care about due to context and everything else that has seemingly nothing to do with the taste. But like your experience, I don't want to get too philosophical, but like your experience is what you enjoy. And so it's sort of inseparable a little. I always thought too like utilitarian, like, well, there's an objective reality and it has to be one way or the other. I mean, you got to respect people's experience is, is, as far as they're concerned, their reality. So like it is better to them. I, I'm right there with you on this. This is, uh, I, there with this, that I think that uh, we probably, I guess 
we may have been similar kinds of jerks in the, our 20s because <laughs> uh, I definitely felt that way. Uh, and I, I will still, you know, I'll hear that tossed off by people now and again, right? Like it's something like, uh, you know, wine's, wine, wine tasting is all bullshit or whatever. And it, maybe, you know, m- maybe it is to me or you or whoever. It's definitely more fun to say it's bullshit and make fun of. And believe me, I have I have some wine <laughs> experiences. Uh, I had a I, I once had a, a waiter uh, beg us to take uh, that uh, that beg us uh, to let him take us to the islands, which was his way of saying that he wanted to take give us this bottle of wine from Greece or something. Goes, let me take you to the oh, islands. Oh my lord! This is my this is my last bottle. Uh, I simply must decant it, and he decanted. All it. I'm saying and, is it's possible but, for it to be a legitimate experience. It's it is it, not it that is, it always is. I'm saying that, like, for as far as anyone else is concerned, the experience is inherently legitimate, right? Like, right. my experience was uh, very memorable and kind of hilarious. Um, but if someone else really got more out of the bottle of wine with the story and the and the islands and the trip to the right. islands and the right. decanting right. or whatever, like, um, you know, and maybe and there there I assume that wine tasting is at least a semi-legitimate uh, occupation and. If I if anyone is going to cast judgment on someone's ability to uh, to to taste wine and and judge wine or whatever, it's going to be someone who's even better at judging and tasting wine than that person, not me, right? Like who? Right. What am I, What do I have to gain? You know what? That's I guess what it comes down to, and I feel like this about a lot of different stuff, not just wine, but like movies. I feel like it about music and art and stuff, uh, to it to a degree, uh, I guess, but. Like what? What do I get out of uh, denigrating like an entire uh, like line of enthusiast uh, interest? Right? Like what? What do I get out of saying like I don't know all wine tastes the same? It's like all right. Like who cares? Why? Right. Why did I <laughs> right. say that? Like I think I think the it, thing that I still can't always shake is that I don't want people to get away with something. Yeah, I think I take authenticity at like the top of almost all virtues for me. And like if I think somebody really truly believes and is engaged in what they're doing, uh, it's great. But the moment I think somebody doesn't understand or is using it as a tool to do something else I think is non-constructive, it's like I become uncontrollably angry so like the, it's a the authenticity real police yeah. yeah well yeah well i mean uh, that and, it, and this is difficult because uh this you can't throw all of this away like as much as as much fun as it is to think that you're the authentic authenticity police through your 20s and uh, as uh sort of liberating slash difficult it is to suddenly realize that you're actually just a a jerk um and you should keep your mouth shut about things you don't know anything about uh the you know it is also important to call to in the right context with the right people about the right thing uh make well well well-intentioned observations about somebody right basically disingenuous right like this is important (laughs) right we're saying the bar's a lot higher now for me to pass judgment, but I'm always, yeah, what you said. 
Well, and the, uh, I think not only it's not just like the existence of the judgment; it's the kind of judgment, and it's the people to whom yeah, you pass the judgment. The, yeah, like you were saying earlier, what's the purpose of right the, the end game of the judgment? <laughs> is it to like laugh with a friend? Is it to like call someone out publicly? It's not. I, I guess what it isn't anymore is some sort of like universal declaration. Like there's some uh, some extra extra physical judge of authenticity that you're like. Chalk one down for me. Called that <laughs> like that got that band. You know the, those guys that aren't being authentic. Like showed them like that. That I think is the is the thing that is important to get away from. Authenticity police. It's more of an authenticity uh, sort of uh, monitor, really. Yeah, the police is not the right right name. It's 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 more of a surveillance kind of situation. Um, where we know what they're thinking mm, and then police. we can jail them for it. Mm, oh, authenticity precog. It's sort of a, yeah, precog. It's sort of an authenticity precog. Maybe like a, doesn't yeah, exist is the important sibling part. Sibling of some kind, like a brother, like a bigger brother. Mm, a uh, authenticity bro. The authenticity bro. <laughs> I like that because it mm. sounds... Super cool. It's very important that we nail down the terminology on this thing around which this entire conversation is focused on establishing doesn't exist um, in any way. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that um, not just with there, – there's other basic stuff like more uh, – there's other ways that – what am I saying? Like less subjective items. I think this still applies to you. Have you ever heard anybody? And I feel like multiple different people pulled this when I was a kid, like, Oh, the expensive clothes are just like the cheap clothes. You ever, uh, they oh, told, yes. they, there's a factory across the street. That factory makes the polo shirts and they take across the street. So an alligator on those things, they sell the polo shirts for $50 instead of $15, same polo shirt. You ever that stuff? Uh, identically. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly to me. That's the that's the a different strain of the same mindset of um, sort of like reductionist, like right. And that's not to say that isn't ever the case, but the mindset is to distrust everything because something isn't true. You know? Yeah, it's like an ugly sort of rationalization where you've decided that everything sucks equally. Uh, and you are, are sort of the arbiter of the suck, the sucking, suckiness of everything, right? Like, I am. I don't make a shirt. I know. I'm, like in this case, maybe. Uh, uh, do, like, depending on who I'm talking to, they already know that I don't know what I'm talking about. If I'm, <laughs> you know, and, and so what? What am I seeking to gain from dragging down nice shirt company? Right. Factory, but then you right? start to wonder why the person complaining always wears such ill-fitting clothing. And then you get really suspicious. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, it, and, and it's, it's a tendency, uh, I think, and it's a tendency I have to look out for personally a lot, um, which is that like remembering that the person that you're talking to may indeed know more about the thing than you do, like, or, or be more invested in it or, you know, that there's may, a, a musician is a terrible person to complain about another musician to, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and this is something I didn't realize until 
relatively recently, depressingly, but like you never hear or very rarely when I, you hang out with like a, a band or something. Uh, when I, when I hung out with a band in college, they, those guys were always super positive and I always figured it was just part of their, uh, their shtick, right? Like you, Oh, they every band is awesome to every band. Like, Oh man, you guys were great. Oh, you guys are great. Blah, blah, blah. And certain amount of that is, uh, a put on right like you it's you scratch my scratch back back i'll scratch yours blah blah, right. blah but i think a certain amount of that is also like genuine empathy because you're making a thing and they're making a thing and because of that you know how hard the thing is to make like you know enough to know that you shouldn't just like dismiss someone offhand does that make sense like if no it makes a lot of sense now again that was not my natural bent as per my uh, my just biological brain development and Same. um yeah perhaps some raising but i think largely it was just how my brain thought um but of course i married a woman who is vastly opposite in these kind of categories and is a musician so a creative person uh so yeah like i had to quickly decide whether or not i thought that kind of thing was valid and it's in happily i i believe i have gotten rid of the non-productive parts of my thought in that line which is to say it's a lot more valid than i ever gave it credit for um and <laughs> uh yeah it's just still i just want to like be objective about things and be like well i think it was good you missed a note there or something that's like that's sort of i often get lost in those kind of details and that's not where it's not what's helping construct it, it's just sort of like getting mired in non-important stuff it's amazing how many uh situations could be addressed better and how how much of it just boils down to uh the, i mean what the the cliche the cliche is if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all but for real if you don't have a thing that is designed to, if you don't have something to say that is designed to help someone move forward in some aspect or then like not saying anything is also very valid. Like if you have opinions about two t-shirt brands, those are probably not relevant to everyone, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right. That yeah. said, I mean, this podcast is also going to be a bunch of probably off hand complaining and making fun of things or whatever. Um, so there's, there's, uh, or I hopefully like a fair I, amount of reflection about how I far like we've to come. Complain a lot. I recognize <laughs> that. I one I recognize more now that I do love to complain. But I would, if I can't stop myself completely, which I have yet to be able to do, I at least feel less like uh, I don't know what it just less sure of my complaining being having a point like i can see that i'm just doing it because it's some kind of habit or if or, or if it's making me feel better for some reason but i don't really like take stock in all of my complaining anymore i don't think it's like insightful most of the time or useful i'm just like oh yeah i 
think maybe I was just venting, whatever. Mike but at least sucks. I can see that. Yeah, it's. I, I still need to try to stop, but I'm working on it. <laughs> well, I, and I think uh, interpersonal stuff, right? Like it, it, it's not always what you're complaining about, but who you're complaining to, and how well you know that person, and whether you're making them uncomfortable, or if there's some other way. So many conversations just come down to making the other person comfortable, right? Was like, mm-hmm. so. This is this goes back to me. Fi- pushing against my natural inclination to not say someone's name out of risk of a being too comfortable or b getting their name wrong and embarrassing the hell out of myself um but i mean that yeah most conversations or all conversations are generally about making the other person comfortable um even if ultimately that's to like you know get something out of them that's still, you know, comfort is still a priority. That makes me sound sociopathic. I didn't mean it like that. I was trying to think of an example no, of a conversation I, I, in which I you really want to make someone comfortable, but eh. No, nah, that's a really great point, Cameron. And I just, you know, oh, thank can't you, thank you Brock. enough for running all of this podcast stuff so that I don't have to do any of it. You've been <laughs> a real pal, Cam. No, it's like my dad says, because my dad's a doc. And you know, the uh, he, he, said, he turned to me one day and he goes, uh, uh, you know, Son, you attract a lot more flies with honey than with bile. Uh, which I've heard that phrase many times since then, and it has not included bile. It's included no, something that, less that less medical. Sounds much more unique. Uh, well, it's a, he's a doctor, so he went straight to the bile. Mm. Wait, what's the actual saying? Vinegar? Is it not? I think it's vinegar. I don't think it's because bile. Because I got to tell you... If you want to catch fruit yeah. flies, put out some vinegar. I think we need to rework this whole thing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, it's yeah. It's then with vinegar. Uh, yeah. Let's see. It's a um. It's a proverb. Wait, is this from the Bible? No, it's just a Everything's proverb. It's not Bible, a. Dude. It's not a capital P proverb. It's a lowercase p. Um, honey with bile is. Hold on. Let me let me check something. And then with bile. No, no one has ever said that. 